it's all in the technique. Well, you know, they say giving is better than receiving, so. You know, yes, master, <laughs> yes. <laughs> all day mental grind. It, it, it's a mental game. You just got to stay on it. Takes a little bit of skill, but a lot of it, I believe, is just pure luck that you happen to put your fly in front of the right fish you wanted to eat at the right time. I guarantee you what, some of the best fights I've ever had on that <laughs> lake is when I snagged a tufa rock, set the hook into it, and think I got a big one. The most beautiful, ugly place I've ever been to schools of fish big fish little fish there was a couple that came through i would have swore were dolphins master of all unicorns the, oh, wow. the, the camper toilet is yeah. clogged we had to get a plunger oh yeah it was solid <laughs> trust me it was really solid it was a little too solid so he's in there poop water everywhere like ron white said you ever take a dump so good that your pants loosen up like two belt notches <laughs> there's no reason to be miserable fishing Welcome, everybody, to episode four of your Leaky Waders podcast. I am Cole Larson. I'm joined here with my co-host, James, master of all unicorns, young. That's right. Master, master of, of all unicorns. Of all unicorns. Not some, all. Not most, not most. some. Every, uh, every one of them. Fucking one of them. Every one of them. <laughs> he is their master. <laughs> James, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you, man? So awesome. Good. You feeling well, any better? I mean... It's all relative, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Thanks for that, by the way. James got me sick like three weeks ago. Yeah, you're welcome. I like you. That's why I shared it with you. We just got to find the guy who gave it to you and kick his ass. I know, right? I don't. <laughs> I would like to know who did that because I tell you what, one day of that death was a good option. I wish there was a way you could figure out who gave you whatever gombu, and you could sue them. Like what? people would purell themselves nonstop if you could get sued for getting someone sick. Oh, I like that. Except you know, I gave it to you though. Yeah, but yeah. maybe if someone was more thoughtful out of fear of litigation, they wouldn't have given it to you. Well, I guess, but they I don't have anything. They so. vaccinate their kids. Well, you know, they say giving is better than receiving, so. By the way, vaccinate your freaking kids. Yeah, people. get a shot. Go go do that. Yeah. Measles, really? Yeah. Smallpox, Why come are on. kids dying of the rickets now? Like, this I, is in 1842. I thought they got rid of that. And they did until some dipshit decided to. They knew more than their doctor, but anyway, but that's, they listened. That's to completely yeah. unrelated to the, what we're talking yeah. about tonight. We'll uh, we'll address that on another episode. I've got some rage about disease and illness at the moment, so <laughs> <laughs> it's personal. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> we're also joined here tonight with our our fearless producer, mm, mm. Mr. Brandon Long. Mm. Fearless, yeah, I appreciate that. I have a lot of fear, but uh, this is good. Dog, what are we drinking? Dog head or dogfish head? Dogfish head. Uh, sea quench ale. It's a session sour. Session sour. And if, in case you haven't ever had this, it's different. It is very different. It's blissfully brewed with lime juice. Yeah. Lime peel, black limes, and sea salt. Sea salt straight from the Great Salt Lake. I think it's from the ocean. <laughs> close the enough. It's close this enough. is from Delaware. Dogfish oh, yeah. head. You couldn't get yeah. dogfish Wait, head uh, stuff in Utah for. I thought it was a uh, Florida. Ever. No, it's a Delaware. It's D E Milton, Mil Milton Delaware. D Delaware. Oh, really? So I, I saw an article today that the axe throwing in Ogden, along oh. with, yeah, you saw the same oh, thing, the axe throwing in Ogden, along with a karaoke club in Salt Lake, did not get their liquor license approved because of the new liquor law that passed. And it's, it's a recreational facility, but not recreational enough, I guess. And then when their Salt Lake shop is up for renewal uh, for the axe throwing, then they won't, they probably won't get that either. You know the worst thing about that is croaky is better. Oh, uh, when, when, most when, definitely. When you've been drinking, most if, definitely. If it's yeah. if it's if there's no alcohol involved, it sounds like someone just singing in the shower. Really, did you bad. call it croaky? Croaky. Did you know what I was talking about? I mean, I knew because he well, mentioned okay, it, yeah. and I've read the article. But isn't that how you say it? Croaky. 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 How do you say that? You lived in England for too long. Croaky. Croaky. How do you say that? That sort of sounds like what a lot of karaoke. Singers oh, sound like is so. It's they sound like they're croaking, croaking yeah. on the mic. Croaking, but yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I always called it croaky. That's like you're just saying it fast. Maybe. I'm not going to say you're wrong. I've just never. I've never heard that way. I mean, that goes right back into how do you get Duchesne out of Duchesney, Utah? That's how I get it. Okay. <laughs> God, I'm I'm becoming a local. I'm messing up the the, the, the 
<laughs> How to say well, words. Well, we're going to go fish in a creek. But people were making fun of the, yeah, well, you shouldn't drink in, in axe throw anyway. But have you done the axe yeah, throw? Yeah, it's, it's badass. It's actually awesome. It's it's pretty safe, too. It, it is I pretty think. safe. They, There's they a teach fence you. in between them, like each thrower, and it's really not as bad as it sounds but because it does sound bad or like oh, it sounds really heinous <laughs> like let's be, go get drunk and throw, <laughs> throw axes yeah yeah but really it's fairly controlled it's pretty controlled actually yeah i mean they, they do have a license to throw axes which is more dangerous here <laughs> the axe or the beer or the beer yeah no it, it's way fun we should go do that one of these nights have you done it james i haven't yet no oh man it's a leaky waiter axe throwing night leaky waiter axe throwing extravaganza we could Extreme. do that. Yes. If you can throw a line, you can throw an axe. I try. It's 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 all in the technique. Mm-hmm. Oh. You don't you don't force it. It's all just maintaining your technique and making sure that you get that fluid motion and you let go at the right time. And and I was hitting that bullseye like within a couple of minutes. Did you really? play sports yeah. growing up? Yeah. Did you play baseball? Yeah. Because what they said was most guys, because they play sports, over rotate their wrist. And then he said the women are usually better because they didn't play sports and they don't bend their wrist on the break. And so, because you're supposed to just let go and not yeah. bend your wrist, but guys tend to like flip it at the end and it gives it an extra half rotation and then they miss. I could see that. But you probably just listened to how they taught you and just kept your wrist straight. How the guy explained it to me was when you're coming down with it, you pretend like you're Quasimodo and you're ringing the bell and you just come straight down and then That's let go cool. of the rope. And uh, I was like, okay. And then I hunched my back. And, <laughs> you know, yes, master, yes. And I <laughs> nailed it every time. <laughs> every <It> was, time, <laughs> every time. <laughs> we got to go do that. We got to go give that a shot. Let's do it, man. Yeah, let's do let's, it. Let's, we got a lot of stuff to do. We got, we got a, a cutthroat slam to do with Brandon. We've yeah. got axe throwing now. We still have jobs and families, so I guess we'll figure out a time. But you yeah, guys, it's You guys it's snuck good. away from those jobs last week, I hear. Uh... Yeah, was yeah. it last week? No, no it was two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah, oh, okay. I can't remember. It was it was a while back. I didn't have. I yeah, it was. <clears throat> yeah, no, it was, it was last week. No, it was two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? Yeah, it was two weeks ago. Yeah, because I was sick and sleeping all last yeah, week, so was... that's why it's a little fuzzy. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, a couple weeks ago we, we got f- away. It was good. We're gonna get into that here in a moment, and you're gonna hear all about our our adventure that we took. Uh, a couple quick things. Right now, the snow is melting. In some places, and subsequently, our rivers are running really, really, really high. So, I'm not going to tell you to not go fishing, <laughs> but be incredibly safe and smart about it. And if you think you shouldn't be in there, get the hell out. Yeah, that's absolutely. I mean, they've got the Ogden right now running Near at uh, like 13 to 1500. The max outflow that they can put is 16. So they're running that almost max discharge, and it's over the banks in uh, Ogden, uh, down by Wall Street and the Walmart. It's over yeah. banks there. The Weber is uh, picking up a lot of the snowmelt, and it's raging. It's really everything from Echo down just mud, and we're and we're going to deal with this all the way through June. Keep your so, kids away. Yeah, keep your kids, mm-hmm. keep your dogs away. It's fun to go look at, but do it from a safe distance. There's other places to fish. There's other things to do. Um, Stillwater stuff starting to turn on right now. Really good. Daniels has been fishing good. Guys are uh, strawberry today, uh, starting to come off a little bit on the edges. So we should have ice off conditions here, uh, probably by the weekend. First of next week, it'll be really good. Um, you got wipers, wipers Willard, that's starting to Willard. come on. We got that going on. You got Manaway kicking off with bluegill. Um, you've got you know, all of our lower lower elevation lakes. You know, Daniel. I mean, Rockport, Echo, East Canyon. Those are all fishing pretty good right now too. So. Go to go to the lakes, enjoy the lakes for the next month or two, and then by in, hopefully end of June, first of July, we can start getting back in the rivers, uh, to where it'll be a lot safer than what it is right now. It's it's bad. Yeah, stay stay away. Go fish the lakes. Go take advantage of that. Last time or, or episode three, you mentioned that you can actually um, it might even be easier to catch. Um, it's, I don't know because I, I don't even fish, but catch during, when the water's high if you just land it right on them. But th- is this too high? This is too high. It's too high. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's not really a good, feasible, safe way to fish this. So yeah, you can you can fish during high water, but this is exceptional mm-hmm. right now, at least here where we live in the Ogden area. Yeah, and the water is just mud. I mean, it, it, it's just real dirty, chocolate milk looking. So 
go find a lake to go fish. Uh, go if you go enjoy the rivers. Don't want to go see the high flow. Stay, stay. Do it from a safe distance. Appreciate it in a safe manner. Uh, so just give it some time. Let's let's just wait on that before we hop back in those again. You know, I think the Green River out out of Flaming Gorge is actually flowing good right now. Yeah, I heard. Uh, I think yes- it's down below three thousand. Yeah, right yesterday still. a guy was up, came in, he fished it this last weekend, and it was at two. So it's uh, the flows are pretty decent over there. Uh, that's you know, because you know, much safer. Yeah. Every year they they raise the flows up like eighty five, eighty six hundred out of Gorge. You know, for that uh, sucker spawn down below, and the lower lower green where they're hoping there's enough snow melt coming out of the Yampa. I think it is to help do that where they don't have to blow out uh, such a high level to do the floodplain stuff for those fish. So it should be good. Uh, we got a lot of guys heading to the green. So it, it, it'll be really good to see how that goes. Beautiful time of year to fish out there. This is, yeah, the weather's, the weather's perfect. It's, you know, just got to get fish cooperate. So, yeah, just be safe. Be safe in what you do. Uh, there's no fish worth endangering your life on. There's none out there. Uh, we can come back another day and fish for it later. That is very true. Every year we hear bad stories. Don't be one of them. So, yeah, James and I, we took a little trip here with some buddies a couple weeks ago. And we went out to Pyramid Lake out in, uh, in the desert in Nevada. Out, uh, It's like 30 miles outside of Reno. Yeah. I think is where that's located. Let's see, 40 miles northeast of Reno, Nevada. So Pyramid Lake, if you haven't heard of it, we're going to give you a little rundown of this place. I would like to call Pyramid Lake the most beautiful, ugly place I've ever been to. Absolutely. Do you think there's a better way to describe how that place looks? It's it's it's. I think it's a, a very beautiful, ugly place. You know, it, it's out in the desert. It's a lake out there, and you've got beautiful sunsets and sunrises. the The scenery's gorgeous. the The lake is really cool. But you know, I call Pyramid just just a vengeful, the vengeful bitch, because it will humble you as quick as you you know. If you think you're good, it will. She will show you that you're not. Um, it. It, it is a, it's just, it's a really interesting place. You know, being on the Indian reservation and just being where it's at and just, just the, uh, the land surrounding it and there's beautiful rock formations, really cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's a beautiful, ugly place. I, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. Like you're driving in there and you're just looking around <laughs> thinking, Ugh. yeah, you're just like, this is, like, this, this is it. This is, you know, where's the trees? Where's the, and then you get to the water and it's all blue and, you got these crazy rock formations around, and then you start fishing, and yeah, the sunrises, the sunsets, sunsets there are, are incredible. So, sure, there there is a lot of beauty in there, but it might you might have to look a little harder than you would at some other places. But the reason why we went is not the scenery; we went for some big old fish. So, a little history about Pyramid Lake and what it is that draws people there. So, it is a lake, again near Reno, Nevada. It is on the Pyramid Paiute. Indian reservation out there so you've got to abide by their their rules you buy your license not from the state of Nevada but from the tribe itself and they've got some really really big cool cool fish in there uh Lahont and cutthroat trout or what people go out there to target and their story alone I think is really interesting so the Lahont and cutthroat trout they are native to Pyramid Lake among other places and there's a few things that happened that we humans did in the early 20th century that kind of ruined those fish for a few years. Uh, Derby Dam was built on the Truckee River, which feeds Pyramid Lake and is the only real thing that feeds Pyramid Lake. So Derby Dam was built in 1905. It reduced the inflow of the lake and blocked uh, fish from traveling up the river to spawn, as we know is a thing that we've done in the past we, we all need to spawn we all yeah. need to spawn i think that should be a sticker Nikki <laughs> <laughs> waiters we all need we to spawn. all need to spawn yeah. can't we all just spawn <laughs> spawning welcome yeah 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 so the 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 dam there on the on the Truckee River, <laughs> Derby Dam, it blocked their ability to travel up the river to spawn where they need to go. Uh, they built some fish ladders to help them, but they were bullshit and didn't work. And then they washed out like two years later, anyways. And then they just did nothing. So between the dam being constructed, 
them diverting too much water out of the river for irrigation purposes, and then overfishing, of course. Uh, the Lahontan cutthroat trout was extinct by 1939. Oh. Gone. It's a terrible story. Yeah, not cool, yeah. Right? right? But it gets better. Okay. Because obviously we went fishing there in 2019. So what happened? Well, they did try to supplement, well, replace. I shouldn't say supplement. They tried to replace uh, the population of trout in that lake with another strain of Lahontan that came from a different lake. Mm -hmm. was not genetically the same. Mm -hmm. uh, they're a little bit more silvery. You can tell when you catch them. They, they do look different. But the original fish were lost. And then in 1979, a biologist with Colorado State University, he was exploring some little brooks and creeks out near Wendover. Wendover, Utah. Yeah. And he found some cutthroat in this stream, and he identified them as potentially being Lahontan cutthroats. So they compared the DNA of these fish against one that was actually in a museum. Wow. And they determined these are exactly the same. No way. So they survived. They survived. So at some point in the early 20th century, uh, somebody had stocked this little tiny stream Wow. on the border of Nevada and Utah with these fish. There's some theories out there that there was a train that broke down that was carrying a barrel of these fish, and the train personnel, operators, whatever, engineers, just went and dumped these fish in a creek because they were going to die. Little did they know, almost 100 years later, they saved, they saved the this fish species. world. Yeah. Huh, that's crazy. So they... Uh, while these tiny little fish in this stream, they weren't in good condition, they were small, they were able to eventually, uh, through science and very careful planning, um, rear enough of these fish to a point where they could actually stock this Pilot Peak strain, the original Pyramid Lake cutthroat, oh, back crazy. into the lake. And now they've done that, and these fish are just taking off like crazy. They grow super fast. They're really, really neat. They are pretty, they've got cool colors and they thrive in this environment. Uh, Pyramid Lake is kind of uh, kind of different than other lakes and rivers you'll see cutthroat in. It is a very salty, much like this beer. Mm -hmm. but I, I didn't plan that, that's just how it worked out. But they are evolved for that condition and they're making a big comeback and every year there's bigger and bigger fish that are getting caught. So really cool story. So that's a little background of the lake and kind of why we went there and why we love it and the neat story behind it. I kind of wish um, that same story would happen to, like, I don't know, Triceratops or something. You know, like, someone just found one somewhere. Like, hey, there was a train, and they dumped the Triceratops off in the forest, and then they just <laughs> come out. Like, yeah, yeah. What? You, there's a whole strain of Triceratops, like, hanging out. Yeah. Spare no expense. Eastern Pennsylvania well, or something. Eastern like, Pennsylvania. We have T-Rex in Utah. The yeah. Amish community had them the whole time, but <laughs> the whole since time. they don't have any real means to communicate with everybody... It was a secret. It was, it was a, a secret. secret, yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> raptors in Utah. Jebediasaurus. Rex. But that's crazy. They thought they were, or they, yeah, scientists said these are gone, and then somebody finds them years later, reintroduces them to the lake where they were native, and and now you can fish them. It's like finding a $5 bill in a wow. coat that you haven't worn in a long time. I know. it's Except this $5 is. bill has uh, scales and is slimy <laughs> yeah. and kind of stinks. And the, good, and the thing about it is, we watched last year what we're seeing on social media, what people were fishing and what they're taking pictures of. And this year, there was a lot more bigger fish. And they're getting, I mean, they're getting some big fish out of there. You know, there was a lot of fish this year caught that were over 20 pounds. A New world record. Yeah, a 20-pound trout. You know, it, it's just amazing. And that's why we went to try to see if we could get lucky and maybe hook one of these. So that's that, that's the draw of this beautiful, ugly place is that, you know, every cast could be a fish, a literal fish of a lifetime. So these fish, they they do not naturally spawn, unfortunately, in Pyramid Lake, at least that they know of, because they still can't get up the river to where they need to go. So they have to actually pull fish out and then ha um, spawn them in a hatchery, and then they stock them back in the lake. So that's they sucks. still do that. They still do that. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, that dam still exists. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. The, the hatchery program. We went, we went by there on one of the days we we're on the trip and watched them uh, sort and fish. And they said that the only uh, 
worked with about 100 fish, 100 pair, I think. And they hope to put in anywhere between 800,000 to a million small fish back in the lake. And said so the, the biologist told us that they try to get them about six to eight inches um, in size before they released them so they don't get eaten up as fast. As wow. fast. So, but, yeah. but, you know, the only fish that are in there are the cutthroat. There is a, uh, a Sacramento perch. There is a, uh, a tui chub, which is a chub, which is basically their food, uh, the big fish food source. And one called, and a sucker called the Tui Ui uh, sucker, and it's the only place it lives is in Pyramid. It's it's like rare, and and that's the only place that that that, that fish lives. You caught in. one of those. I did, yeah, and that was probably the uh, kind of that was probably you know my highlight of the trip that I caught one. You know, I mean a rare endangered fish and catching a sucker. Caught a sucker. I was excited. Drive nine hours to go sucker fishing. I know, right? So is it exposed? Is pyramid? Are too many people going to pyramid? Is it the right amount of people? What's, no, what's, they. Yeah. Well, the being that it's on an Indian reservation, they control uh, access to where what beaches you can fish, and they have about I don't know, maybe twenty five percent of the lake shore is accessible to non tribal members, and you're still talking twelve fourteen miles of uh, shoreline and. You'll have some beaches that are, people are lined up shoulder to shoulder fishing on, and you'll have some beaches there's nobody on. Mm-hmm. So when those fish cruise that lake, they don't live like in a river behind this rock or off this point. They, they're, they're moving all up and down that lake. So as far as fishermen pressure, I don't think so, because if they do get pressure, they just go to the other side of the lake. Um, but with that, with the access control, the, the, the tribe has done, and... Um, I mean, it gets busy, but I, I, there's no, I don't think there's any way. They, I mean, it's, the whole shore is not ringed with anglers all the way around. No. So no. there's, it's, it's uh, to catch big fish like that takes a little bit of skill, but a lot of it, I believe, is just pure luck that you happen to put your fly in front of the right fish you wanted to eat at the right time. So, um, but, they, but their management on it has been really good. They actually close it uh, down for the summer. They op- I think it's uh, June 1st they close fishing. And they open it back up on October 1st because in the summertime, it's a recreational like boaters and tubers and, you know, stuff like that. So they actually shut the fishing off to give them a break. And then in the fall, you know, they bring it back up through the winter for the fishing. And it is uh, – they're they're managing it well. The tribe's working with their uh, Department of Wildlife Resources in Nevada, uh, you know, for the spawning stuff, for the research that they're doing. They're tagging fish. Uh, they're doing uh, a really good job as far as reintroducing them and, and, and trying to really help this this are resource. Are out there fly fishermen, or are there a whole a mix? <clears throat> you know, I'd probably say most. Yeah, you know, on the you ladders, you'd probably have ninety five percent of the guys throwing fly rods. The rest of the guys are throwing spinning rods with spoons. Um, no bait allowed. It has to be a barbless hook. There's a lot of guys on boats that go troll it. Yeah, as well. So you'll have that thing. too. But just there's the shore anglers. I, I said probably ninety five percent are. Our fly fishermen, the rest are uh, using spinning gear on it. But um, these fish are hard to catch. I mean, there's you know, we'll talk about that here in a minute. How how frustrating it can be. So here's a little piece of trivia for you. Pyramid Lake was used as a stand-in for the Sea of Galilee in the 1965 biblical film, The Greatest Story Ever Told. That's really. I could see that now. It's like, oh yeah, that totally looks like you know. I mean, it, Israel or wherever, you know, yeah. that would have been. Because it is absolute desert out there with the rocks and everything. And, it's and, weird, man. You know, and the thing about the rocks, it's not rocks. It's all petrified coral. And they call it, it's called, uh, what, tufa? Um, I mean, you'll snag tufa, you, you, big rock formations on the shores. It's all yeah. old petrified coral beds. And the, the beach is all ground up uh, coral. So it's like sharp. an ancient seabed? Yeah, yeah it, Lake Lahontan, much like how we have Lake Bonneville here. Yeah. They had the same thing there. Okay. So Pyramid Lake, I think there's another lake. I can't remember the name of it, but those are the leftovers of Lake Lahontan. There's no outflow to them, mm-hmm. hence why they're so salty, much and like the, James. And, but it's a fresh, quote-unquote, freshwater fish. Yes. Trout. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a bit, it's kind of brackish. Your uh-huh. gear, you get salt kind of encrusting on it after a yeah. couple of days, and really? you have to wash it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it chews up your gear. Yeah, if you use a boat and a motor, it's a salt water. You better be prepared. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, rinse it off. Okay. But that tufa rock, like your boots, you go walk around on it, and you'll notice, like, oh, man, this thing is just cutting up, my, you know, the soles of my boots. And if you trip and fall on it, like. So coral's sharp, like 
So it's like it's I guess that's like tufa. Yeah, it's yeah. got some real jaggedy edges and it's, it's pokey. It's pokey. It's pokey. It's pokey. It hurts. It hurts when you fall. It hurts when you fall. But I guarantee you what, some of the best fights I've ever had on that <laughs> lake is when I snagged a tufa rock, set the hook into it, and think I got a big one. And it's just we dark. all we all did it. Yeah. By the way, really? yeah. every single one of us did it at one point. Fooled by Tufa. Oh my <laughs> God! You set that. You're stripped along, and you feel yeah. it. You feel that hit. You, you set the hook, and just for that moment, you're like, "I'm gonna be a hero." And then you realize you're just a zero, and, you're, <laughs> and you, then you're having to sit there and yank and trying to break 15 pound fluorocarbon. Oh. You know, I've been a Gamagatsu hook trying to unstick out of the out of the rocks in front of us here at one of the beaches, and it's it's some relentless stuff. I mean, it's a harsh environment. I mean, it could be. You know, really nice weather one minute, then all of a sudden you look up and the clouds rolling in, and storms are hitting. That one morning we went out, we had uh, when uh, the four of us went out, it was raining. Team sleep, team yeah, again. team sleep won again that day. Team fish got up stupid early in the morning. We went down to the uh, marina right there below Crosby's Lodge, and we're fishing in the rain. It's cold, and I think we lasted about two and a half hours. Uh, a decision was made to go to Crosby's to get coffee and snacks. And so we got went in there and warmed up, and we're sitting in there, and it is raining, it is snowing, it looks like the middle of winter going on, and we pull the weather radar up. The southern half of the lake is covered by this blizzard. The northern half is sunshine clear. Oh, wow. So we walk out of yeah. Crosby's, and you can look up and see the clear sky, and it's yeah. like, we got to go grab Team Sleep. Let's go to the clean air for a okay, minute. Wait, what the hell is this Team Sleep? Okay, so Team <laughs> Sleep. So Pyramid Lake, if you're in one of these crowded beaches where everybody flocks to, which yeah. you don't have to fish at, but people do, you got you got to get your ass up 3 a.m. 3 a.m. If you don't have your ladder down at the water's edge by like 3.30, 3.45, ladder your spot meaning you're gone. Like a step ladder. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you actually take a step ladder out of the water ladder. just to get up out of the water because you're yeah. like waist deep and it's pretty cold. And to help you see. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why people fish on ladders. I guess we could have explained that. But if you don't get up that early and you're in one of those crowded beaches, screw you. You're fishing somewhere else. Mm. So last year, a couple of our buddies, they're all gung-ho. And I'm like, nope, I'm on team sleep today. I'll meet you guys later at a reasonable hour that's not in the middle of the night. And like I did. 8 a.m.? Yeah. and Or even 7. Yeah. 6 even no, think, is team sleep. I think they got back to the trailer about like 8, 8.30. And, yeah, and it, I was it, waking up, and I'm like, so, how was getting up? They're like, it was bullshit. We didn't catch anything. <laughs> it's cold. We're wet. I'm it's like, raining. Yeah, team sleep wins again. So <laughs> yeah. that's been the whole team. The, oh, there's okay. two teams. You got team yeah. fish or team sleep. I'm usually team sleep because so the, far I haven't seen evidence that team fish wins it. You're the captain of team sleep. Especially on this trip because I yeah. felt all shitty. Yeah. So that morning you're talking about where I was sleeping in the RV, okay, I open my eyes and boom, I'm looking out the windshield of the RV right out out of the lake. It was an incredible way to wake up. But that morning I looked out, I opened my eyes and I saw it and I went, team sleep rides again. And I looked over and I could see you guys standing off on the point. And I'm like, those sons of bitches, I bet they're hating their lives. But if they come up here, they'll never admit it, that it, Team Sleep won. And, yeah, we hung out in the RV and just started drinking. Oh, I know, yeah. When we showed up, y'all y'all started day drinking at about, I don't know, 7 in the morning. And yeah, Bryce and I were like, oh, screw it. Let's get the tequila out. It's 730. But we gave it a shot. Yeah, we stood out there in the rain and stuff. But, hey, we had a good cup of coffee at Crosby's. And James, you work in a fly shop. Did you bring enough gear to stay warm? I brought too much stuff. Yeah, I took everything I needed for to for typical pyramid fishing, where it's always windy and cold. Do you have like a if you're going there at this time of year, you should take list. You should you should take everything you own to stay warm, <laughs> um, and then it's going to get hot the next day. Then it will get hot. I mean, I had you know we did a review on the Hodgman waders. I had those. I had the pillow pants inside. I had fleece underneath it. Pair of wool socks. I had Holy I did my uh fleece warm? I did my fleece shirt, a vest, a fishing shirt. I had my raincoat. I had a puffy coat, knit hat. I had uh fleece gloves and then I had waterproof gloves. But I didn't take much anything for uh when it got the days we had when it got close to 80 degrees. I'm actually took out the pillow pants, the, the the core insulation on my waders. I took the fleece. I'm I'm in I'm wearing wool socks and my BBDs and my waders, <laughs> and I have a, sh a fishing shirt on. And then when the sun went down, I had to get a hoodie. Yeah. But it was, I mean, you just did not know what the weather was going to do. You just got to be prepared. 
That's so, a full closet then. A full yeah. closet. I mean, you got to take everything to stay warm and dry, and then you just you know, take layer systems. Just take the yeah. layers off to stay stay cool because it got hot. But it was it was just crazy weather, like Utah weather. One day it's you know the wind is howling and it's it's sunny and you know uh, was hot on us. And the next day it was a little cooler, overcast. And we had that big storm that morning. I mean that afternoon, I was fishing in just a just a regular fishing shirt with fleece pants on underneath, and I had to strip off all my junk, all my heavy gear. Uh, it, it changes on you, so you got to be prepared. You got to have the gear to do it. If not, you're, it's just miserable. There's no reason to be miserable fishing. And yeah. there's nowhere out there to buy stuff Nothing. if you don't go prepared. Oh, really? No, yeah. unless you're, you're you're looking at a 40-mile drive to Reno because yeah. there is one shop. So you're saying there's a shop opportunity out there? I'm saying it's on an Indian reservation, and I think oh, they've got it the way they've got yeah. it for a reason. Uh, yeah. You know, they always okay. you know that was saying that it's no such thing as bad weather, just bad gear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to keep that in mind when you go. you got to be prepared for everything. So. Yeah, I took enough stuff. I had enough stuff to outfit probably two people on a fishing trip. You guys stay in like campers or? Yeah, we took we yeah. stayed in campers. Yeah, yeah. which was nice. I'm, I wouldn't stay in a tent. The winds get pretty howl, you know, pretty howling up there. They get it gets pretty rough. There was a what was it on the the guide rocks over at Pelican? There's a top of a pop up camper that got yeah. ripped off on a windstorm. Oh. It's still there. See, and I was thinking a couple years ago. I'm like, man, this would be great to. Because I've got one of those pop-up. I mean, it's at your house. You no, know this. No, I have a pop-up camper. <laughs> <laughs> so James has a pop-up camper. <laughs> and then I saw that down there, and I'm like, oh, never mind. Yeah, this wind gets pretty heinous. You no, know, we had a couple guys from here that went up, and they camped. Uh, they were tent camping out on uh, Pelican. And when those winds come up, it, it it's just ridiculous. I mean, you, you're just going to be miserable. You put that much effort and time in, you know, time and money to go on a trip like this, it's okay because last year we dirt camped. I mean, we we dry camped in the camper for three days. This year we stayed at the marina with full hookups and you know with that the power. Nice. That was really nice to have be able to have a shower on a fishing trip and um, you know the toilet inside, which we'll tell a story about that in a minute. And then, uh, but not being in the mud, we had those um, you know the asphalt pads. It, 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 this trip was very much more enjoyable. We're a couple of little pussies, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, well, you know, I'm old and fat, and I, I like to be comfortable. And, you know, being a, a junior member of Team Sleep, it's like, you know, this is okay. I can come. I'm, honey, I'm going on a fishing trip. No, you're not. You're going out to take a nap for a week. Mm, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, a friend of mine, he told me once that uh, when he bought a big, nice fifth-wheel camper, he said, it's real comfortable, but it turns you into the laziest hunter i guess fishermen would apply as well because yeah when i woke up and oh looked out and nope nope rolling back over i'm not going out in that yeah but if i was in a tent you're gonna be uncomfortable in there get up you're basically in the weather yeah yeah so there is a lot of truth to what he said and i I did think of of mr ross huff when uh when i had that moment in bed and i'm like oh this is what he's talking about how it makes you lousy you know so so wait you telling me that you actually saw us down in the storm on the beach fishing we can see you guys and you guys got up and watching this yeah we were sitting there watching you laughing while we were drinking so why didn't you bring us a cup of coffee or breakfast why because then i'd have to go out that was the whole point was we were not going out in that (laughs) we were sitting there like no man what kind of we looked it up we looked it up in the weather we're like yeah this should last a couple hours we'll just wait it out it's not going to do any good I mean, and if it does, yeah. Did you notice any difference in in the way the fish were biting? If it was cold or no, nothing. You no. know, Early, we showed up hot. Nothing. It was a weird time because mm. those fish are all they've got spawn on their mind, well, so they got, would cruise. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, they don't most of the time, and then they get real intense about it in the spring. Uh. So they were all cruising in some really, really, really shallow water. I mean, sometimes they'd have their backs up out of the water. They were right on the bank. And there would just be hundreds of them just, in, just in, wa- in waves. And you're standing on your ladder and you're looking, you know, nine feet. They're swimming you. through your ladder. Yeah, they're swimming around you. You look at, I mean, I think that first day, thousands of fish come through us, schools of fish, big fish, little fish. There was a couple that came through, I would have swore were dolphins the size we, of we them. We couldn't pay these things to eat. Though. They would swim, they, they'd come out, go along, okay, they're right, they're coming to my fly, they're coming to my fly, and they would divert around it i mean they just weren't eating we had you know we planned our trip been a lot of months ahead of time so we have to play the cards that were dealt us we had the three strikes we had a full moon we, we had we, we, yeah, we, we had the full moon yeah. that's planning we right had there. bluebird days and the middle of the spawn 
I mean, yeah, we caught a few. St- everybody caught fish this trip. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just wasn't lights out numbers. Um, but it, it it was a grind. I caught one fish the first day. I went three days without a fish, and then I caught three fish the last day. How many hours are you fishing? Most of the day. Most, Most of the day. I mean, we're. You, I mean, you're putting in eight to ten hours a day. Three hours, eight to ten. That's a lot of non-catching. Take a little break for lunch. Yeah, yeah a, l- a little yeah. break because you know here's the thing. But here's here's the uh, the allure of pyramid. You're standing Point out line. there. You're you're tired. You're just you're. It's a mental grind. You're going along. You just like you know this is not, nothing's working. Nothing's happening. I'm gonna go sit in the chair and you pull your stuff in. And you go one more cast because this cast could be it. You cast out. You do you drift your indicator rig or you strip your fly in. Man, I'm done. Wait. One more cast because this cast could be the 20-pound fish. And it's just all-day mental grind. It, it, it's a mental game. You just got to stay on it. And that's what keeps me going because I'm thinking one more cast. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, it was like, okay, guys, five more casts. Now I'm going to do six because that's six casts. And you just it's just over and over. My my cast got really tuned in by the end of this trip. I mean, you're it's a lot of casting. Oh yeah, and it, it it is a numbers game. The longer that hooks in the water, the yeah. more opportunity yeah. it, you're going to have. And I I think it's like playing the lottery. It really is. It, it is. You like know, gambling. It it is. Yeah. yeah, you get almost addicted to it in a way. You don't want to pry yourself away because what if this is it? What if? What yeah. if? What if this cast? And what's frustrating because you watch, you know, our buddy Brandon. This guy can do no wrong and say so he just catches fish out there. So right next to him is Bryson, who's using the same flies, rigged up the same way, the same depth, just carbon copy setups. Their, their, their indicators and stuff are six feet apart, and Brandon's catching fish, and Bryson's not. That's wild. And it, and it just, it's like, what do you use? I'm using the same thing you are. It is just sheer luck, and especially with the conditions we have. They just weren't in a feed mode. I think that if they were, if they were in a, a, a chow down mode with the fish we saw, we would have just tore them up. But that's pyramid. That's what it is. It's you, I think you have to earn your fish. We were there with a good friend of ours who actually only lives about an hour away, and she fished with us from that the week. lake from pyramid. From pyramid, yes, yeah, yes. she lives in Carson City. Mm-hmm. And she was even. I mean, she's out there all the time, and she was struggling with it mm-hmm. too. And usually, she just kills it. Because she's out there so often. I mean, she uh, she has her camper that just stays at the marina. She yeah, just leaves it there for the whole season. And if y'all are wondering who she is, she's our good friend Whitney Iman. Shout out to Whitney. Hey, girl, what's up? So yeah, she uh, she took. She's fun to fish with. She was awesome in camp. I mean, she put that feed on for us one night. She cooked oh, a yeah. big meal. It's beautiful. Um, always like you know, just fun to be with, fun to fish with. Hangs with the guys sometimes better than some of the guys. Um, but she's all right in my book. I, I'll, I'll fish with her in today. She's okay. Oh, yeah. But yeah, she was even getting frustrated and she's showing us some different techniques on how to fish a still water and we're all trying them and it, it was really hard just to get stuff to actually work. So, you know, in a lot of deals, you know, we talked about it beforehand. Yeah. We, we go there for the chance to catch a big fish and we go there hopefully, hopefully catching a lot of fish. But a lot of it was just, you know, our group getting together and going out and spending a week from a disconnect from everything. Yeah, we went fishing, we played cornhole, we did a little drinking, a lot of laughing, um, ate a lot of food. Just, you know, the overall deal, the trip was a, was an overall success. The fishing could have been better. Yeah, that was the only downfall of the whole trip, but it was good. No skunks were had, though. We no had skunks. no skunks. In fact, we got a, a new member into the club. We sure did. Yeah. So you heard us a couple episodes talk about... That's my that's my ten minutes left. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, we haven't gone over this. Okay. It's like, <laughs> it's like it's I'm some, thinking, someone fire. why are you blinking it, at me? It, it, yeah. It's like what the hell, jazz hands? <laughs> jazz, <laughs> jazz hands. It's really, jazz minutes. hands. Okay. okay. Jazz hands is hey, ten minutes. You're, you're eating my time up. And then like single jazz hands is this. like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Single, yeah. double. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. just many. <laughs> <laughs> and a half. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you heard us talk a couple episodes ago about our. Uh, fraternal order of the eyeball eaters. Oh, very important. My family tradition. Don't be making fun of that now. I'm not. I take it quite seriously. Tradition that James has shared with with our inner circle. Uh, generally, this is a tradition that is reserved for ice fishing trips 
and it's little panfish, little perch, little bluegills. That you a new member? Get their eyeballs. We got a new member. We got a new member. So one other tradition we have on this trip is we harvest one legal fish, and we all eat it right there at the camp. It's just kind of a ritualistic thing. I think it's good for you. But we decided to induct our good friend Bryson Burgess into yeah. this club. And what better place to do it than Pyramid Lake, Lahontan Cutthroat Eyeball. That thing was the size of a marble. A big marble. It was a big marble. <laughs> so so, big. so when the fish was landed, we measured it, made sure that it was actually a legal fish to harvest. And the decision was made, yep, we're going uh, to consume this fish. And um, so I sat there and thought, gave it some thought, and it was like, you know, it's time. So I called Cole over, you know, since he's my uh, partner in crime. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, hey, man, go get Bryson. So we were trying to get one of the eyeballs out of the out of the fish, and Bryson comes over and standing there watching it, and somehow it broke. And so we told Bryson what was going to happen and made him walk away So, but we got the other one out. And when we retrieved it, uh, we got uh, – we got Bryson over there, and we had a long, little talk with him, and I think he was kind of excited. You know, it's like, man, this is— He looked a little giddy. Yeah, he did. He's kind yeah. of like, huh, I get to be in the club. I want to eat this thing. So he, so we handed it to him, and his first thought was, I mean, the look on his face like, oh, my God, this thing's huge. I should have caught more perch. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he down the hatch it went. He ate it. He was like, yep, I'm good. And he went right back up to fishing again. So is this like a, just because I'm, I just want to know about technique. Is uh, this a one swallow? Did he, was he chewing? Um, it worked for me. I mean, like Cole said last time, you definitely don't want to bite it because it tastes a little salty, it's a little, little, uh, little slimy, so a little, little salty. salty I think stuff. it's a texture. Thing. Yeah, it is. You, you just gotta. It's like eating an oyster. You just kind of kick it back to the throat, swallow it. You know, and uh, be really good at taking like pills. Like, yeah, if you take the big horse pills, the doctors give you like augmenting the big stuff and. Yeah, he he uh, he ate that thing, and uh, like to welcome him to the to my little club, and uh, one of the boys now. So, congratulations, congrats, sir! Congratulations! Glad Good to call job. you a friend. Yeah, and uh, that was absolutely disgusting. It was. I can't believe because I cut that thing out, and I had to get all the connective tissue around in the eye socket to get the the eyeball out intact. And I was thinking, oh, man. I think you got a little bit more than the eyeball. I think you got some of the flesh out of the skull. Well, I had thing. to because I the first one popped because I was trying to get it all clean. Yeah. You can't do that. You see, just got to scrape the there eye There you're being nice. Out. You're trying to be nice to him. This was for it his was, benefit. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, we have we only have two. I, you're yeah, right. And yeah, the we, first one got destroyed because it, it just got mushed. Yeah. So. so it's okay. It all worked out good. We're proud of the boy and you know, glad to call him one of us now. So, yeah, you know, and during the trip, you know, like I said, we had a lot of laughs. I know in our camper we had a bunch of stuff go wrong. We had a, the first night uh, Brandon was sleeping on the dinette uh, where it drops down into a bed. <laughs> and, and, and I went to sleep, and I was out. Well, the dinette broke. Uh, apparently I slept through the drama because there was a bunch of squealing like girls what I heard the next morning. And so his bed's broke. So him and Bryson had to uh, – they shared the bed up front. And then the next morning I get up and the, I was on this fold out couch and the leg gave way. Bryson thought I broke that. Uh, we had a, the sink in the bathroom cracked. What kind of camper is this? Brand new. Really? Third trip. Really? Oh, yeah. Like it was a fifth wheel or RV? It, it was an RV. It was a, it was a, it was a bumper, bumper pull. Trailer. pull. Yeah. So that broke. And then, so we kept giving a hard time out. Man, I'm sure glad you got a warranty. And that night we had that big feed that Whitney put on. She came over and kept slamming the door. Did I break anything yet? Nope. Try it again. All right. Wham. Open the door. How about now? So I think she slammed it three or four times. And Brandon was just, Bryson was like, oh, my God. I said, hey, it's under warranty. It'll be all right. <laughs> so Crosby's Lodge is a good is a place a lot of people go to. It's got a little convenience store. It's got a little uh, uh, food bar in it. And it has a bar in there. And so we'd go there at night and eat. And they had fishermen dinners. Their meatloaf this year was on point. I ate a lot of it. So Friday morning got up. Had a little episode in the bathroom, and unfortunately, I kind of clogged the toilet in the in the camper. It's clogged. The camper, the, not, camper, oh, the, wow. it, the camper toilet is yeah. clogged. So we can't figure out how to get it. So Bryson and I go to Fernley. We was it Fernley? You drove all the way down to Fernley. Yeah, we had to get a plunger. So <laughs> m me thinking it's not my camper, not really caring. I buy the three dollar plunger. 
So we get back. So he's trying to plunge the toilet. Well, in a camper, you got to put your foot on that lever to open the valve. Well, there's a lot of water in the deal, and and, and he he had he didn't put his foot on the valve to plunge the drain pipe. So he's in there, you know, everything in it, and water splashing everywhere. We're we're dying laughing because he's getting frustrated. Poop water everywhere. Then he figures out that you have to open the valve. the The plunger gets stuck in the toilet. As he goes to pull it out, the handle separates from the plunger head. We're in the rest of the camper laughing. I mean, I did it, but he didn't make me have to fix it. So I'm kicked back on the couch yelling, I'm, well, you hurry up. I got to poop. You know, you need to get this fixed. And so we had to make a phone call to Salt Lake to somebody we knew that worked at a camper deal to figure out how to unplug it. And he goes, just take a wooden dowel and just ramrod it down. It's just a straight pipe down. And the only thing that we had was a broom. So <laughs> Brand Bryson got in there and he he plunged he pushed this all the way through and cleared the pipe. We sacrificed a broom for this. And this was on Thursday, uh, Friday. This is almost like you need a golf clap. Like oh, that. it was nice always work, James. Yeah, it was that awesome. Was, that was I, solid. I, I don't think hot. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was solid. Trust <laughs> me, it was really solid. It was a little too solid. I need more fiber. So we uh so Saturday morning, we're getting up, getting everything ready to leave, and we're packing up, getting everything kind of cleaned up. <laughs> I couldn't resist because, you know, in a camper, you know, over a week, you get some, like, a little bit of dirt and some gravel in there, and uh, everybody's really tired, ready to get on the road. And, I, of course, I couldn't resist. Hey, Bryson, you got a broom? I need to sweep out the camper. And I, I'm not going to repeat what he said because that would really blow our standards out of the way, okay? So we did. We lost a broom on that trip. I'm kind of sad that we left early, just because I would have loved to see this oh, whole thing go it, down. It was, it was absolutely. I don't know if I would have wanted to smell it. Oh, it was, <laughs> it was absolutely worth the meatloaf at Crosby's. It was, it was absolutely <laughs> worth it. But I really don't think he's gonna let me use his restroom in his camper ever again. Nor should he. Well, he needs to take it back. They don't it sounds need. Sounds like he needs a new camper. You broke it. No, yeah. what they need is a. He needs to burn it. They need a six-inch drain pipe out the bottom of that toilet. That whatever they have in there now is a little too small. Yeah, they well, need a bigger pipe. You need <laughs> that, a smaller that, ass, or more, or less Crosby meatloaf. <laughs> 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 oh, oh. So yeah, that was a that was the fun part on that, and so yeah, it, you know, overall it was a really good trip. We we all caught some good looking fish. You know, nothing. Uh, you know, if, you know, hell, if we catch those fish around here, we're a stud. You know, I mean, you're catching twenty two, twenty four inch trout, but out there they're roll offs. I mean, they're they're dinks to that lake, which is, they really are. But it was it was overall. I mean, it was a good trip. I, mean, I think the fun. one I caught was was the biggest out of the group, and it was not yeah anything yours, gigantic by that place's standards. No, your fish was the big yeah because Josh had caught a good one earlier. Yeah, like the first or the second first one of the trip, fish, yeah. and then yours was yours was a, a more solid fish than his, and we didn't come close to that the rest of the week. No, no. So it was a it, you know it, it was a grind. You know, we put in a lucky call, or was there? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent lucky. And I caught that off a beach fly that I found, mm. straight up found yes. this. And I'm like, I'm gonna fish it, whatever. Really? Boom! And yeah. I, yeah, absolute juju. So after that happened, we're walking around by the, where everybody parks, looking for flies. You know, beach flies are, are good juju. <laughs> right, you know, right, right, right. no bananas yeah. and beach flies. That yeah. beach flies are definitely a plus. So yeah, it was it was a good trip. It was you know, if you've never been. You can get on uh, online and look at Pyramid Fly Fishing Company. They're a guide service. They have a lot of great information on it. Uh, uh, get a permit or anything, or you just you can just go. You you have to buy your fishing license through the reservation. And that's it. Yeah, it, it was like fifty bucks for you know like ten dollars or something a day. You can do it online. Yes, but you can also just do it when you get there too. Yeah. They sell it at the bar. Like it's, they just write it out on a pad. Yeah. It's so, real official. Yeah, you, you have you have your permits. You got to have that. You know, there's stuff online what you got to have. But you don't have to have a Nevada fishing license, just a, a res permit. But pyramid was actually a good one this year. We got that. We got through that. And Next time we're going to do it in the fall, I think, right? We're we, going to try that we out. We need to do a fall or winter time. After they. Does it ice up? No, it's, it's too, too salty. Big. Yeah. It's too windy out it's, there. It's, too, like, right? it's almost twice the size of Bear Lake. Oh, and a uh, it's a big lake yeah. with the, with the additional you know all the salt in it and it's always windy that lake that won't freeze I I'm, I don't think it would um, no I don't think but in the wintertime you got high winds and rain it's cold it's absolute miserable that's crazy I have never heard of Pyramid Lake yeah. before before your show yeah well you're welcome you have I yeah know. yeah, yeah. yeah that's why we we're, stuff, we're yeah. glad we took a week off to suffer 
to educate you on this. I mean, you're welcome. I think more people suffered Suffering. in that camper, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was, uh, yeah, there was some suffering. Now, I actually felt pretty good. You know, I mean, I, 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 I was like, hey, you know, I mean, like Ron White said, you ever take a dump so good that your pants loosen up like two belt notches? <laughs> you know, it was like that kind of relief. My, you know, I, yeah, you were fine. You I was fine. fine. Yeah. I was good. Yeah. Well, I mean, the way Whitney was feeding us out there, no wonder. Oh, man. She cooked this spread up for us, which thank you again, Whitney, if you're thank hearing you, this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. She brought, she has a Traeger smoker grill in she her camper. Out. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, she plugs it in. and wow. Oh, man, she made burn ends and wings, and I can't even remember everything that I ate, but I felt awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was incredible. I got the itis, went into a food coma that you night. Laying in bed that night, you get meat sweats, yeah. and you're just like, oh, oh man. Beautiful. No wonder I was team sleep the next day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't just the tequila; it was the meat too. It was it, it was the whole the whole enchilada, man. You know, then we had the dirty squirts at the bar. That's a drink. It's uh, basically Jameson and a squirt soda. We just call it dirty squirts. So you had dirty squirt at the bar, and then dirty squirt squirts in the, the trailer. trailer. Yeah, well, you know that wasn't a squirt. It, it like. wasn't. No, it it's was getting filthy. It was, it was bad. But no, we you know drinks at the bar, drinks at the camper, drinks on the beach. I mean, it was it was good, it, you know. But you know, funny, like you said earlier, we just didn't drink as much as hard as we did last year. We were you're we've, we've grown up. We've, we've grown, grown up, up a little bit. Yeah, Maybe that's what it is, right? Not we're more mature now. I think we were. I think we're still on the tail end of being that sick. Yeah, tail yeah, end of it. I was still yeah. in the midst, but yeah. that's another story for another okay. time. And you get the point. We've all been sick, but yeah, it was good. Po- point of this whole story is we hope that you are inspired to go explore Pyramid Lake if you've never been there, or if you have been there, go back. Uh, Your results may vary. You may do better than us. You may do worse. We can't promise anything, but you'll never know until you get out there and try it. So grab some buddies, grab some family, plan a trip, go out to Pyramid Lake, go have the time of your life. Uh, People fly in from all over the world to go fish this place. Yeah, all over. I feel like an eight or nine or whatever hour drive it is for us is is nothing. And it's well worth it. We'll do it again next year, but... That does it for us. Uh, Till next time, uh, get outside. Go put some leaks in your waders. Keep it salty, guys. Keep it salty. Keep it salty. 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 salty, Thanks for listening, guys. And and we'd like to say thank you to all seven and a half of our followers. Uh, You guys really make us feel like we're semi-famous, at least in our own minds. So, yeah. Thank you, everybody. 